So Hummingbird is a ministry of healing circles and work that we do through the arts, through song and dance and drama. We started out with about five or six what we call circles at uh, Seashelt First Nation, Tawasin First Nation, the Vancouver Friendship Center, um, Surrey at the Kikinaw Native Center, a Native Housing Complex, and uh, there was one other place, I can't remember that one. Um, that's what happens when you get older. <laughs> um, so I'm um, now we're focused on a ministry on the in Surrey at the second Kikinaw Native Housing Complex that we've worked at, and we work with children. Um, and the children tell the stories. So we have the children tell our story, our history in Canada. We want them to know our history in Canada. We want them to understand why things are the way they are, why they're poor, why they live under the poverty line, and why they're rejected in schools and whatever. But we also don't want to leave them there. We're trying to say, okay, in spite of this, you guys are going to rise up and you're going to become the kings and queens of the future. I'm sort of, you know, but not really. Because um, we're not raised to be kings and queens. We're raised to be humble. We're raised to be the people of God. Many of our legends are about humility, about uh, walking humbly on this earth. And, and in fact, most of our teachings among the Cree people and others is about humility, the greatest teaching, <clears throat> which I think is very close to Jesus' teachings. Excuse me. I wanted to share with you that it's a big job, as you probably know, for anyone who does tries to do reconciliation work. There's first the job of trying to understand what happened with the First Nations people, and for us trying to understand why, you know, and and uh, how how do we move on from here. And I'm reminded of this little hummingbird, and you might have heard this about this little book, The Flight of the Hummingbird, and how in her smallness she tries to put the fire out, the forest fire, and all the others have reasons why not to be close to the fire um, because of their own, you know, because it hurts us when we do reconciliation work. It, 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 it really hurts those people that walk close with us because they understand and they feel the pain, they feel our pain, and they sometimes don't want to get too close, and that's understandable. But this little determined hummingbird has decided that she's going to, doesn't matter what, she's going to bring that drop of water, and one drop at a time she's going to put the fire out, and it's not, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how many people follow or not follow, she's going to do it, and she's a determined little hummingbird. And with that, I'm also going to go into the legend of the hummingbird and the crane, which is where we get our name. Um, back when I was at the University of Alberta, I had an Arapaho professor who asked me if I had a native name. And I said, no, I don't, and uh, except for one. And, he, and I told him my, my name, Tutusapus, uh, which means milk. And he said, no, 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 it's got to be something about nature, you know, something that you relate to in nature. And But he did want to know, what does this Tutusapus, what's that all about? It's a story that my uncle used to tell me over and over again as a child. He said that, that I love milk so much and that my dad loved me so much that he would walk for miles to go and get me some milk. If we ran out of milk, he'd 
run, walk through the blizzard to go get me the milk. And then when I got to be about, I don't know how old I was, two or three, I was talking, and um, I was out of milk, and he was going to go again and go get some milk somewhere. And my mom said, no, this is it. This is for her. You're not going to do this anymore, she said to my dad. And, and I guess I cried and cried, my uncle said, and then I decided I stepped on a bench and watched my mom bake bannock, you know, how water and flour looks like milk. So uh, I guess in my very fluent Cree, which is my first language, I said to my mom, why don't you just put some water in a cup and put some flour in it, and I'll drink it, and that'll be my milk. So, and he said I drank it. So, so anyway, um, brings us to the legend of the hummingbird and crane. We, um, the Arapaho man said, um, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll pray for a name for you. And I said, okay. He said, I'm not Christian, but my, my wife is Christian. Um, but I think you need a name. So he gave me, um, came back a while back later, and in our exercise in the classroom, he had me sign a document uh, as Chief Hummingbird, and then he invited us all to a little ceremony that he had at the Native Study Center at U of A. And he started telling the legend of the hummingbird and the crane. And in those days, I was very, very much afraid of, of our culture because I had started, I'd left the Presbyterian Church, which I grew up as a child, and I'd gone to the Alliance Church. And so there was absolutely no culture in the Alliance Church. And anything, you know, was this kind of scary And if you went beyond what you knew what was Christianity. Um, but um, I went to this little ceremony, and he left it completely open whether I accepted that name or not. And it's up to you to accept the name. It was, it's never pushed on you. It's kind of like the spirit testing you to see if, you know. Anyway, when I, uh, I, I, got to, I, I received all these legends, and there was a ceremony, and he never said a word. He just went away. And then I, I called my cousin who followed the traditional way, and I said, so, cuz, what do I do? You know, what does a hummingbird do? How am I supposed to accept this name? What do I do now? She said, she just laughed at me. And she said, that's up to you. That's up to you. And after that, my life changed. I was going to go into politics, study governments, and help my people this way, because my dad always said, my girl, our people suffer a lot. Go get an education, travel, and one day maybe you can help our people in some way. And my mom, she was always arguing with her pastors, if there's only one God and, and one creator of us all, then why, is, why do you say that we don't come from God and that our ways don't come from God? God gave us this language and this culture. I didn't find out till after my mom died that it was from her one of her pastors that, that he said, she used to give us a hard time. Did you know that? I said, no, that was my mom. I didn't know that. Um, she apparently, and so in my studies at VST, I, I went further um, to, to explore what does this mean? What has God given us in our culture? And Chief Dan George, who said, we have taken much from the white brothers and sisters. We wish that you had taken more from our cultures, for there are some beautiful things in it, and that's what we've been exploring, the beautiful things about our culture. We give thanks for, for honor. I mean, we give thanks for song and dance and prayer. Everything is, be grateful for everything. Very biblical, very Christian. And I'm, I'm finding more and more beauty as time goes on. Um, in recent years, we have um, 
uh, we've been doing our um, oh, an Indigenous Wisdom Conference, and in 2016, we had a, a Cree man that came and spoke to us about what he knows, and he starts telling legends in our in our culture. He was raised by his grandparents, and he said we. Um, these are our stories in old Cree. He said, my grandparents knew old Cree. And um, some people might say high Cree. Uh, we, uh, the story that he told was very biblical. And so that's where this has been taking us. This ministry has been taking us exploring in this exploration of, of where God is in our culture and among our people. And he's very, very present there. And that's why I chose the, the, the um, passage from Jeremiah that God is going to write the laws in our hearts and all of us are going to know who God is. And God does do that. The, the short little story that I want to share with you today is um, the play that I wrote this year is called An Indigenous Christmas Story. I'll have to refer to my notes so I don't go past what I was going to, in, intended to do. But it's a very, very short story that I heard from um, a Cree woman from the Treaty 6 territories, which is where I come from, because the Cree people lived among Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba for thousands of acres, and when we signed the treaty, it was those regions that signed together. Um, a long time ago, there was a young Nehiel woman, Nehiel means Cree in our language, whose family wanted her to marry a young chief who was sought after by all the women. One day, she was walking on a trail in a bush with her sister, and her sister said, So, are you going to marry the chief's son? She replied, No, I'm going to marry the star man. Her sister laughed. The star man? Who's the star man? The young woman points to a tree and says, Sister, see there? That's where I meet the star man when he comes to visit me. And I'm going with him to live with him in the heavens next time he comes to visit me. Are you crazy, her sister said. But after a while, she convinces her sister that what she says is true. Sure enough, the young woman goes to live with the star man, and they have a son but one day she is working in her garden in heaven and she looks down, well, she pulls up a huge turnip and she looks down and she sees her people down there. She yearns for them to meet her son and she asks the creator, can I bring my son down to meet my people? First the creator said no. But after a while, when the son had grown up, the great council of heaven called him and asked him if he wanted to go. And he said yes. She's given strict instructions when she goes to earth that she must never let her son touch the earth, that he must always be on a blanket and that he would be returned to the heavens if he ever touched the earth. So she brings her son to earth and they are overjoyed to meet him. She's very strict with her people that he must never touch the earth. But one day as she goes to fetch water and comes back, she sees her son as he goes up to the heavens. And she grieves greatly at the sadness 
of what has happened. This story brings us from Christmas through to Easter. And gradually the mystery of this story has come. I've come to realize and understand what it meant. I went to several elders to find out what they meant, what was meant by this story, and nobody seemed to know. I also asked them questions about the star blanket, because we have eight points on our star blanket, and none of the elders knew anymore. The ones who died probably died with that story. Um, and so in my play, I bring that star blanket. Our people have many legends of the star people. You know, people think of us as very earthly people tied to the earth. But actually, our legends bring us to the universe. In fact, some of our elders think we come from this constellation of Orion. So there's lots more to, um, to who we are as indigenous people. Um, I was going to um, say something about the star blanket. In my play, I bring the, the teachings of the, um, the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, G, the Jesus, um, I think it's Matthew, Matthew's story, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, where was I? Yeah, so I bring, at, towards the end of the play, we bring the, the point of the stars, I connect the, the, the teachings of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount to those eight points. Um, I'm trying to um, skip some things here because I, um, I don't want to keep you too long. But I just want to say that um, in, our, in our plays, we, the children sing. They dance and they, they act, and I'm so proud of them. You're going to see them in the in the film or the slides that we're going to show you about the children all dressed up in their, their powwow dance regalia. In order for healing, healing to happen, you have to meet people where they are and what they love to do. In our ministry, we have asked, asked our kids, in fact, we asked the youth when we started out at Tawasin, what would it take for you to come and join us at Hummingbird Ministries? And we had a special meeting with the youth, and they said, you teach us how to, how to dance powwow. Now, these are Coast Salish kids, so really, you want to learn powwow? I said, yeah, we want to learn powwow. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll call someone we knew, an elder who, who had a son who teaches it. He teaches it in all the schools in Surrey and different places. Um, and then we also started creating regalia. So we had to do the whole thing. And then the teachings in the circle, every circle, every time we meet, we have a circle. We start with... Um, it depends on where we are. Sometimes we start with a meal first. Sometimes we start with a circle first. Sometimes we do with the activity first. But three things. And each time we get together, we're together for about four hours at least, sometimes longer. Uh, when we do drama rehearsals, we're there probably for six hours. Um, but we, when we get together, we make it strong. And in the circle, just so you know a little bit about what circle ministry is, we do. we sit in the circle... We're together, we're equal before God. We are all connected, we are a community. Those are the basic teachings. And everyone is a minister and everyone is a teacher. There is no one who is higher than others, even the teachers. So then we get the opportunity to share about what we've heard or maybe something that's really 
uh, on our hearts and that we want someone to hear. Um, and with the children, we teach them both some of the teachings of our, we bring together for them our teachings as indigenous people, the beautiful, beautiful things about our, our cultures and spirituality, and as well as the teachings of Jesus. So they learn how to, um, they learn who Jesus is. They learn, one of the kids, I'll tell you this story, one of the boys that you'll see in this, um, towards the end of this um, video, um, the boys that are playing ukulele are sitting in there in the circle one day. And and as they were singing our honor song, because we have an honor song that gives thanks for the arts, the uh, gifts of God. And as they were singing, I had this vision that, that Jesus was dancing as they were singing. And I thought, I wonder if I should say that. And then after, I, and I did say that, I said, you know, as you guys are singing, I was thinking that Jesus was dancing as you were singing. And those two boys, the two older boys said, wow, you know, really? You know, they were all excited about it. And the other thing is, I mentioned Jesus as the warrior of death, the only warrior that can conquer death. And we bring these connections to them, bring these ideas to him, to them that, they, to help them understand, to cross that cultural divide, to cross that social divide, to cross that spiritual divide that has existed between our people and the, and the people of, of the church. And, and I don't think we're that far apart after all as, as it has been in the past, as we've understood it in the past. And for that fear that has existed for so long, you know, we try to bring peace to all that uh, through the work that we do one little tiny bit at a time. And we know it's, um, we're a small ministry, but, um, and the one thing that we're gonna be doing this year is we're making a video, uh, um, more actually a film, on the confession of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. Uh, the church, the, in 1994, the Presbyterian Church in Canada made a confession before God and Aboriginal people about its part in the residential school system. And it made a confession. It acknowledged the colonialism that that was part of that, and it professed it. It apologized for um, professing to know better than Aboriginal people what was best for their children. So those words are very, very dear to my heart. Those those words of the confession are very important. And not only that, but the church didn't stop there. When I called them on. Starting this ministry, and after I graduated in 2003, I started looking for people to, who would buy into the vision of this ministry. And most of, the, uh, most of the churches said no, 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 no. But in 2004, um, the Central Presbyterian Church said, yes, you can be a program of our church. The WMS women, were the said, women said, just go for it. Don't let anything stop you. This is too important not to do. Um, so with that support, we've proceeded, um, but it feels like, um, uh, where was I going to go with that? Uh, anyway, we, we have not stopped. We've continued to go. Oh, yeah, the, the movie. The movie was um, the idea of a confession and not an, just an apology between us and you. The idea that God is there, the confession was before God and Aboriginal people, not just Aboriginal people, like the other confessions, the other apologies of the other churches. And I think that's very significant because it's a very First Nations idea, a very Indigenous idea, because a circle is sacred only because God is there, not because we are there, 
but because God is with us in that circle. And so the idea is, is just awesome. Like, so we want to, like Jen said, we're, we're a healing ministry, but we also are a healing and reconciliation ministry, bringing, doing what we can to bring people together through our events. Uh, we have a Peace Through the Arts Festival in every fall. We participate with the Mosaic um, Church in Vancouver um, every year for um, the Aboriginal Day in June. Um, and last year we, we went to, um, there was a whole bunch of different evangelical churches that joined in that celebration. They featured the hummingbird dancers and the hummingbird singers um, and the children come and they're so proud, they're so proud of who they are. And when they performed in their school, they were even more proud because among their peers, they are developing their identity. They're developing who they are. Um, they're proud of who they are. Their, their principal acknowledges them. They're a little group of people that have an identity because most of these children have their grandparents and parents have been separated from their people in some way or another, whether through residential school uh, one grandmother doesn't even know where she came. She thinks she comes from Manitoba, um, but she was adopted out, so she doesn't really know for sure. And some of them are lost, adopted through the, uh, you know, the uh, 60s scoop, or whatever it is. They're like a, like a diaspora, you know, they're, they're out on a land and kind of lost. So we're, we're a community for them, and also do what we can to connect them to their, their own people when it's possible. So... Um, I think that gives a good idea of who we are and what we do. And the, the, we do have some, we also have a music group we call the Hummingbird Wings. And they have, um, they're a group of musicians from different cultures. Uh, we made a CD together in 2012. We cut a CD and published it in 2012. And it includes uh, Mennonites, um, Irish, um, Coast Salish, and Prairie. First Nations, um, Métis people. And also on that CD, I, I tell my story, my personal story, of where I grew up at Mr. Wasis. Mr. Wasis invited the First Nations, uh, invited the churches to come and start a ministry, a school in our reserve. And it was very, very wise because many of our people didn't have to go to residential school. My parents, my mom worked for the missions, mission school she helped them at the mission, and she didn't have to go get sent somewhere, and neither did my dad. Um, so we're, there are people who didn't go to residential school, and I think I am who I am because I had good parents who didn't have to be ripped away from their own parents, um, and I didn't have to be ripped away from my parents. I, I just cannot imagine being ripped away from my parents. I just can't imagine who I'd be today if I'd lived somewhere else without my parents. It's And I... So my heart goes out to the, the children who have had to go with that and still, and still manage to do well in, in their lives. Um, so I appreciate your, your welcome once again. And um, at the very end, I made a little note for myself not to forget something. And I have lost it. So. <laughs> yes, I mentioned that we're going to try and have the... Um, premiere showing of our movie in um, at the end in December this year. We are very ambitious. We hope we succeed. We have to get funding for it. Um, and then we also have our um, 
and the children will be part of that. It'll be a story as well as a documentary. And we're including some of the people who, who wrote the confession, who were a part of it, as well as those people who've walked this journey together with us since then. So I'll leave it there for now. And if we could go through the slides, you'll see a little bit, put a face on our ministry. <clears throat>